Hello and welcome to the Belmont Journal, Belmont's very own source for hyperlocal news and community updates. I'm Mike Crowley, your host this week. The Beach Street Center celebrated its 10th anniversary on Sunday, October 6th. Roger Colton was there and spoke with the center's director, Nava Niv Vogel. What a joyous occasion to be here to celebrate the 10-year anniversary of the Beach Street Center, Belmont's senior center. I was a member of the Board of Selectmen. You believe it was 21 years since I left that seat. Really wasn't on our radar back then because the Council on Aging was still very vibrant. And they prided themselves because they had a variety of programs, but they touted many of them as a senior center without walls because they had no permanent place. They met in places like the schools, or the town hall, uh, uh, various public buildings, various private buildings. They had their programs, but no site. And then a, a small yet growing and vocal and vigilant and committed group of elders uh, lit a fire uh, under the board in the town to start the efforts to bring the senior center to reality. And here we are today. You know, it's hard now to imagine life in the town without the Beach Street Center. Because it has a vibe, it has, it has a je ne sais quoi, it's got a positivity and electricity of what you walk in here. Ten years ago, um, we had the dedication ceremony for a very, very beautiful building that has housed the programs and activities and services of the Council on Aging. We're celebrating that and we're celebrating the, the start of another hopefully great 10 years. The Beach Street Center is going to grow in importance for the boomer generation and um, what what we can offer here is um, is a way for boomers to remain at home because what we're learning is boomers want to do aging differently than, um, than move to retirement or assisted living communities. So what we offer is a range of programs to um, keep healthy lifestyles. We, we're looking towards the next 10 years as being uh, a period of growth, expansion, and better able to fulfill the needs of uh, older adults and the community. Welcome to this week in the Citizen Herald, and welcome back, Joanna Juvelis, senior multimedia journalist with the Citizen Herald. How are you, Joanna? I'm great, Mike. So the new Minuteman School is opened. Yes, they celebrated its its official opening with a ribbon cutting just earlier this month. This was a year ahead of schedule? I believe so, and, and, and it's very exciting. The new school has already uh, had an increased enrollment, overall enrollment of 17%, and 56% more freshmen have enrolled. In fact, there's a wait list for freshmen. And that's, that's kind of amazing because, you know, when the town voted to exit from Minuteman, or at least start the process um, in 2016, you know, a lot of folks said that, you know, you build this new school and it's never gonna fill up and Right. And maybe which, it is. Which is why at the upcoming special town meeting in November, there's actually going to be a warrant article, um, an article on the warrant to 
decide whether or not Belmont should rescind its decision to withdraw as a member district. Because it, when, if we transition to membership, um, then we become a non-member, and of course, you know, the hope has always been, and this was the hope that was expressed back in 2016 when we voted to withdraw, that we would continue to have access to Minuteman as non-members, but if that school... There's no guarantee. If that school fills up, that, that guarantee Exactly. If you're a non-member, there's no guarantee. But there are some cons with being a member, and that is the financial obligation. That was one of the reasons we decided to withdraw three years ago, was because of the debt service. Belmont, you know, didn't, didn't feel we had enough students going. Currently we have 19 students going. Mm -hmm. Didn't feel we had enough students going to be, to be obligated to pay back that debt service. So we've been, you know, taken, that obligation's been taken away. And, but as of July 1st, 2020, we are no longer members unless we rescind our decision to withdraw. And then the Minuteman School Committee has to approve that. But then once we're back in as members, we are obligated to pay that debt service. In fact, for the past three years, which is $472,000, and then going forward, forty dollars to $50,000 a year for about 30 years. So, so the way I've heard it put is that the, the Minuteman School Committee would want to have that $472,000 I'm sorry, $1,000 <laughs> in, in sort of missed debt service payments. Yeah, um, as possibly all at once, possibly. Po po possibly, or, although that... Or otherwise installments. We're, we're going to find that out, and that will be one of the things town meeting will be debating about. So stay tuned for, for more right, that. That happens November 13th. Yes, yes. All right, so, um, you know, littering is a continuing problem in the town parks. It is. It is. I've reported on this before when we had the rat problem, right? So we had the rat problem. Joey's Park was closed because of a rat infestation. Barrels were overflowing, so the barrels were taken away. There was a carry-in, carry-out policy, and they've started treating for the rats. Then parents and a lot of residents were upset. They were like, we want the barrels back. We need to have our barrels back. So, so we have barrels back, they but brought now? brought the barrels back, and they said for a, well, for a trial period, we'll have, you know, extra hours for public works on the weekends to empty the barrels, but that was costing a lot of money. In a three-month period, I think it cost about $9,000 to do that. So now they're not doing that anymore, mm. but as a result, I mean, people are having parties, and there's pizza boxes left behind. Now, did you know that when you have a party at a park, you need a permit? And in the permit, it says it's a carry-in, carry-out policy. So I'm wondering if people are even getting their permits for these parties. Or, it, or if they are, perhaps they're not, you know, abiding by the terms. Mm -hmm. So basically the message is clean up your mess. If you're having a party or, or you're, you know, there's a lot of trash or you see an overflowing barrel, don't add to that barrel and certainly don't put your dog waste in that public barrel. Take your trash with you. Otherwise we may have a rat infestation again. That's not exactly what Jay said, but, you know, it's, and it's also just not pretty. It makes our parks ugly. Well, thank you so much, Joanna, and uh, we'll be talking to you again. Welcome to This Week in the Belmontonian, our weekly segment with Franklin Tucker, editor of the Belmontonian. So welcome back, Franklin. Thank you for having me. So what's going on with the town budget and the possibility of an override well we can uh, the town of Belmont can expect an override it's mm -hmm. just it's just now when it's going to be done so, so so there there had been talk about an override um, oh for about a year now right but but taking place at the spring town meeting when you, uh, when, you, when you would expect that to, to happen because you know you want to have an override so you can then expect what your next budget is going to be you know it's 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 better to know to get that override over 
while you're discussing what the budget is, is uh, the future budgets. Yeah, I'm sorry, it was not the, the town meeting, but the, the April town election. That's but, right. But, but now there's, there's talk about uh, potentially pushing this off until, until the, the um, uh, November election. That's right. And I think it, it, it's um, in many ways a, a, a political move. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there is about uh, five million dollars, five, five to six million dollars that it will be needed to uh, extend ourselves over the fiscal year. We have to have a budget by the, uh, mm -hmm. by the end of uh, uh, June when our fiscal year start, uh, ends and then starts again. So what so basically, the argument is that it's just too close. I mean, even though it's um, you know October, getting it done by getting everything ready by April, and having uh, knowing exactly what you're going to be asking for and where it's going to go, it's just going to be just too difficult. Time. It's just not enough time. In many ways, it's akin to the skating rink. You know, yeah. we thought that the, you could put the f skating rink on the fast track until you realize it just can't be done. So what is happening is that uh, w there's going to be a, almost like a uh, a patched up uh, uh, amount of money that's going to be placed in this year's in, in, in this year's budget, <clears throat> so uh, in the coming year's budget, I should say, that is going to let us go over for another year. So basically, so, it's so a there's, pat a, there's there's a scramble taking place to find savings mm -hmm. um, to to tide us over for one more year. That's right, and one of those savings is a, a bit controversial because we're mm -hmm. seeing uh, residents uh, uh, now uh, starting to to question it, and that is. Basically, the town has declared itself uh, uh, under a, under a state law. They can declare themselves a certain. Um, they can basically tell their municipal workers, you know, we're going to change your health benefits, and right. uh, we're going to change them, and they really have no say about. It. There's no negotiations. Uh, the, the employees. The employees, and uh, that will mean uh, higher uh, out-of-cost payments. Uh, higher, higher deductibles. Right, exactly, and that's uh, going to save about a million dollars, um, and ultimate savings will be about $750,000 because a quarter of that money has to go back to the unions. They can decide what they're going to do with it. So <laughs> it's it, a remediation it, fund. Exactly. And uh, then, if, uh, then the, I think the most controversial, in, in my view, uh, part of this whole process will be asking for about $3 million in free cash. Uh, and uh, how will that affect our, our bond rating? I know that you know there are certain people within town go uh, government who would not like to see that much money go off to um, uh, this uh, patched up uh, budget, it could be possible. I mean, we could still be, have enough money that we won't affect our, our AAA bond rating, mm -hmm. which is very important because we yeah. still have bonds to take for the high school and other projects. So, so, and of course, why it's political is because the November election is going to be a is going to be historic. In It'll terms be a big of, turnout election because. Donald Trump uh, is on the ballot, and he's not a he's a very controversial person. So I think they're seeing it as as a win win. Basically, not allowing you know having an override that it won't you know we won't have it in the spring, and um, they can then also defend it and and promote it. All right. Well, so 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 certainly you know with a higher turnout, um, there there's 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 a greater chance that that the override that's needed to to get us into you know, the next year's budget absolutely um, might pass. Yeah, so. it's uh, akin to what the CPA was in back uh, almost 10 years now, mm -hmm. uh, 10 years ago. That was a November vote, and I think the people who said they, who promoted that this uh, the Community Preservation Act said the only way we could have passed it was in a November election. So. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Franklin, yeah. and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Okay. October 4th was Kids Music Day, an event 
organized by the national nonprofit Keep Music Alive. Powers Music School, located here in Belmont, also participated in Kids Music Day, which was a great opportunity to promote music and the benefits that kids get from it. Jane Peters has more. Join in with me then. So Kids Music Day is a worldwide event uh, and they believe in the benefits of music for young people and really all people. Uh, but they sponsor these events with schools and other music organizations all over the world. Uh, and so Power signed up to be a sponsor site for, for one of these events and we're really happy to do a class in African drumming today. The foundation of Calypso goes like this. Drums are my instrument, uh, and so it's what I love to do. It's what I've done since I was a teenager. I uh, started playing in uh, a rock band in high school and, and then studied jazz and classical music in college and learned to play African drums along the way, too. So, First and foremost, uh, music is just something that improves the mind, heart, and body. You know, in, it's not just about enrichment, uh, it's about, you know, learning life skills as well, you know. And so as kids uh, learn to make a sound, learn to practice, they learn all these things that benefit them through, through their lives as well. The way I've heard it described best is it teaches children to conjure a sound or conjure beauty out of thin air. Uh, and that, if you think about it, there's no other time in life really where kids get to do something, like to hear something, to imagine a sound in their head and then try and reproduce that sound, whether it's on a drum or a violin or a piano. Uh, and people may question what the value in that is, but if it, it, it is really, it is one of the most basic elements of creativity, to imagine something and then to make that happen. And to do that through the voice of an instrument is a special skill. Powers is a community music school. We believe in music and bringing music to the community, and we don't want cost or other barriers to get in the way of that. And so doing things like Kids Music Day or our workshop weeks that are coming up uh, at the beginning of November is a way to just kind of throw our doors open and say that music is really for everyone. Augusta Augustson, a local fabric artist who got her start making quilts as a painting major at the Massachusetts College of Art, exhibits her work at the Belmont Public Library through October 23rd. She also held a, a reusable cutlery wrap workshop at the library on October 5th. Our very own Frederic Riglo was there to talk with her. Take some junk. I would recommend before using one of these, playing with the paper because you can figure out what kind of techniques you like and what looks good. Um, my name's Augusta Augustson and I'm a fiber artist. I started the Plastic Sea series. Well, I've been seeing all these images of plastic in the ocean and plastic everywhere. And, it, and I will try printing the bottles and it didn't work. <laughs> but I had a plastic bag next to my table, so I printed that and it printed beautifully. I started printing bottles, bags, and straws, because those are the big three that people use once. 
And so most of my quilts have all three of those elements in them. It, it is art act activism. I had already, before the Plastic Sea series, I had a Blue Planet series. And that started when I was in Iceland and I was listening to how there were forest fires in Norway, which is really wet and there shouldn't be forest fires there. In Denmark, all the crops were burning up that year. And then when I came back to the US, the California was on fire. So I started this series about different disasters that were happening on the planet. I recycle as much as I can. Um, the first thing is to try to reduce because most plastic is not recycled. So the thing is to try and use as little plastic as you can, but like just go to the grocery store and, and it, you, you want to be in despair with all the plastic there. I wanted to do a workshop to sort of thank the library for hosting my show. And I thought, well, if we make this reusable cutlery kit, at least that's saving some plastic spoons, plastic knives, and whatnot will no, won't be used. And, you know, people will be more aware by carrying this around in their bag. They'll be more conscious of not trying to use plastic. Belmont High School's varsity volleyball team is hoping to compete in the state tournament again this season. Here's a look at how the team has been preparing during this very competitive season. Joanna Jubilis has the story. In the past couple years, we've grown to be one of the stronger teams in our league. There were a lot of years where we were kind of at the bottom, then there were a bunch of years where we were kind of at 500, and the past few years we've really risen to be one of the top teams in our league. So our hopes for the season are to do even better than last season, which already was our best season. So I think that the girls have really high goals for themselves, but I think that they can accomplish that because everybody worked very hard in the off season and they're a very motivated group. So we'll see what happens. I think the challenge this season is just maintaining the same level of play every game, no matter who we play against. Because a lot of times, if we're playing those really tough teams, we get, um, we're very focused because we're really competitive and we won't beat those tough teams. But when we play teams that are a little weaker, it's easy for the energy to get kind of lost and to lose focus. So I think maintaining the same level of play every game will be the challenge because in those situations where we can be pushing ourselves um, but don't necessarily have to to win, I think it's easy to let the level of play drop down. But I love that it's just so fast. Like every probably 15 or 30 seconds, someone scores a point. I think it's exciting how just quick the play is and how much like power there is involved and especially with like hitting and defensively that people are just sprinting and diving all over the place. I think it's really fun and exciting to watch and I think that it gets a rep as not being exciting just because there's not physical contact involved. But I think people just need to watch it and they would be very surprised at the speed and the power involved in playing. Volleyball is just such a like great team sport and it really helps you build like great communication skills, team work skills and um, it's very competitive and it you have to be very focused but it's a overall it's a very fun sport to play. Like Soap said, it's the ultimate team sport. You can't not you can't have one person carry a team. 
takes a good pass, good set, good attack, and good communication. And I just think like it really brings out a good, like the team becomes a family, and I can't imagine spending my afternoons anywhere. Yeah, like when all the pieces come together, there isn't a better feeling than like seeing the ball hit the ground after a big kill. It's just exhilarating. <laughs> And now it's time for our community calendar with Jane Peters. If you're looking for something interesting to do this week, Jane tells us all about what's happening in Belmont and what you can look forward to. Hi, I'm Jane and this is your community calendar for next week. The Belmont Public Library introduces an interesting new program for tarot card lovers. Tarot Tuesdays will be held on Tuesday at 7 p.m. This monthly meetup will be a fun place to practice tarot readings with other enthusiasts. Decks will be made available as well as simple meetings and interpretations. The BHS Orchestra presents music from the African diaspora on Thursday at 7 in the BHS Auditorium. This concert celebrates the work of previously undiscovered and underrepresented composers. The concert is presented free thanks to POMS, Parents of Music Students. Are you over 60 or have a friend or loved one who wants to meet new people and join an organization that addresses changing needs? Cambridge Neighbors, a nonprofit membership-based organization that supports your choice to age in place, serves five resident towns, including Belmont. Adults interested in the organization are invited to an info session on Friday from 1 to 2.30. Learn more about Cambridge Neighbors on their website, cambridgeneighbors.org. Community Media Day is October 20th, and BMC is celebrating with an open mic night on Friday from 7 to 10. You're invited to enjoy live music and entertainment along with games, food, and fun. Come for a set or stay for the evening to celebrate community media and local talent. If you're a performer, you can register for time on the BMC stage at bit.ly slash openmikebelmont. The Town of Belmont hosts a recycling event on Saturday from 9 to 1 at Town Yard. The town will be accepting metal, textiles, building materials, books, DVDs, and more. There will be no paper shredding at the event. Learn more on the Town of Belmont website. The Belmont Piano Academy will have a mask decorating contest, candy, and the chance to learn a Halloween song at their tune or treat party on Saturday from 11 to 3. This free event will be at the Academy at 241 Belmont Street. Celebrate Oktoberfest at the Spirited Gourmet on Saturday from noon to 7. Try local food, beer, and wine, including grilled bratwurst. This free and fun community event is not to be missed. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and the Beach Street Center is bringing Dana Farber's mammography van to Belmont on October 28th to give out digital screenings and results via mail. The American College of Radiology recommends that women start getting annual mammograms at age 40. You can schedule your screening by calling 617-632-1974. And that's all for next week. If you'd like your event featured in Belmont Journal's community calendar, you can send your event info to jane at belmontmedia.org. If you'd like to help with the show, something that we always encourage, or share news, please contact our producer, Frederic Rigolo at fred at belmontmedia.org. Well, that's all for this week. I'm Mike Crowley, your host. This is the Belmont Journal. We'll see you next time.